I think back to that 2001 playoff game between the Patriots and Raiders in the snow where Adam Vinatieri famously made the 45-yard kick in the blizzard and John Gruden had called a timeout, Nick, and Adam Vinatieri after the game was thanking John Gruden to the media saying, I'm really glad he called that timeout. It gave us more time to prepare for that kick. That was a really hard kick. You know what I mean? Like they were kicking snow out of the way and like figuring out where he's going to set his plant foot and like it's not the same weather in Philadelphia on Sunday, but it still was not perfect conditions. And that was a kick that Jake Elliott probably benefited from the extra time. And oh, by the way, are you kneeling on the ball with 20 seconds and two timeouts? Because McDermott could have just saved that one. So I I definitely second guess that. And he kind of incriminated himself too, because he said after the game that that was part of the reason why he, he didn't go for it with 20 seconds left because and why he kneeled on the ball because he only had one timeout. So he's like, well, what can we do with one timeout? Hey there, and welcome in to the Bills Wire podcast. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as always by Nick Woten, the managing editor of USA Today's Bills Wire. This podcast is available on whatever platform you love the most, Apple, Spotify, Google. So go rate, review, and if you haven't already, subscribe. That's the best way you can support us, and we do appreciate you all. Uh, Nick, how the hell are you doing this week, man? Once again, better than the Bills, Ryan, but uh, yeah, but they have the week off, so actually maybe for once they're doing better. Um, I still have to work, but uh, yeah, other than that, uh, we're doing great, Ryan. It almost makes you scratch your head, Nick, and be like, how the hell are these Bills 6-6? Six and six? How do they have six losses already on this season? It is, it is tough. Some people are blaming Josh Allen for all the turnovers and, and him being the reason, but I mean, by the eye test alone on Sunday and the Eagles game, Nick... Josh Allen was the best football player on the field. It wasn't even close. I mean, he was amazing in the game. He all but willed the Bills to a win uh, that they desperately needed, obviously. And I think for me, if you're if you're blaming Josh Allen, if you're one of these people that, that think Allen's to blame because he's leading the league still in interceptions, he threw another one against the Eagles. If you're blaming Josh mm-hmm. Allen, I think, I think you're blaming the wrong guy, and I have a take on that. But what, what do you think about that piece of it? The piece of Josh Allen catching some blame their record being six and six and how the hell did we get here? How the hell did we get to this point where the bills are going to be scratching and clawing for a playoff berth? And it's, it might be, if we're speaking in all honesty, as good as this team is, as good as the quarterback is, it's going to be hard for them to break through and get in. I think. I don't even really know how, how these websites, you know, I was going to reference ESPN, but it's not just them pro football focus does it. And I know the New York times are a very popular like playoff simulator or whatever, but it's like, I never really bought into them. I mean, it makes for good content and I'm in the content business, so I write about it. But um, ESPN has them at a 21% chance of making the playoffs right now. And I just, I'm always curious how they come to these formulas. Like how do they, like, it's such a crazy league. Like so many teams win and lose and who would have thought the bills are going to be six and six at this point and everything like that. But um, yeah, 21% chance according to ESPN of the bills making the playoffs. And in terms of reasons why they're not going to make it. uh, I mean, I, 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 other than the national narrative just needing something to talk about, I haven't really even entertained it. There's even some things that I I don't post on uh, I don't post on Bill's Wire because it just seems so far fetched. And I don't know why they're talking about anything being Josh Allen's fault right now. Um, the top story right now on Bill's Wire is I'm just I'm not going to waste any time for my shameless plug of Bill's Wire on the Bill's Wire podcast this week. The top story is <laughs> Josh Allen sets rec- sets record for being really good, and the Bills still have a losing record in those games because he's <laughs> one in three in his career in games 
where he has over 300 yards passing and over 75 yards rushing. He's one in three in those games. He's done it four times, if you can count one plus three. He's the only quarterback in NFL history, well, since the merger, to ever have that many games in his career, and the guy's not even 30 years old. Um, I mean, it's insane how many he puts up, and all three of those losses, of course, as you can gander, um, without even you know having to to look at those games. They've all been overtime games. They've all been overtime losses uh, to the Buccaneers, Vikings, and now Eagles. Um, actually, I guess something against NFC teams uh, too. I, now that I say that out loud, um, but yeah, it's I mean, it's definitely not him. Uh, he's you know, I, I've, I mean, the Bills' defense. There's got to be. I mean, they've played well. It's it's there's just a lot going on right now with this team because I'm not the biggest fan of Sean McDermott, just of of you know him not being able to give away an inch and stuff like that. You know, I'll I'll never forget covering him in his first year where he had uh, Terod Taylor go out there and take snaps during the media portion part of the practice where the guy could barely walk, and he's like, "Is Terod is, is he going to play? Is he going to play?" And we're all like, "This dude can barely walk on the practice field while we're looking at him, but he's still putting him out there like to like fool the other team, like who's going to play?" So I don't, I don't like that. You know, the guy isn't transparent. I don't feel ever, but um, you know, I mean, still this defense is being held together with like you know, paper mache at this point. Like, because this team this year, it's something about them, and I guess maybe this does fall on McDermott's you know doorstep of. I mean, just over the past couple of years, they find a way to to lose somehow. Like you kind of joke around like, you know, that's such a Buffalo thing or, you know, that's a Jets thing or whatever. Like they just find a way for something silly to happen. But in the case of the Bills, it's just they find a way to lose. And that is that has just been the case this year. And I and some things are even out of their control a little bit. I mean, how the hell the guy hits a 59-yard field goal? Uh, crazy. Like, what, a, what a play. I, uh, what a great play by him. I was like, how the hell? Yeah, I know we'll talk about it a little bit more, but, I mean, how the hell that even happens? I was like, that went in, and I was like, they're not going to win this game. Like, there's no way they're winning this game. Even when they went down and scored that field goal, I was like, here it comes. As soon as Gabe Davis, you know, they were on the wrong page on their option route or whatever yeah. they're saying now, him and Allen. But, yeah, that that. That's the thing for me more than than Josh Hill at this point is it seriously is something in this organization where like they just find a way to lose these games and they're never like blowout losses. They're never it's just something quirky. 13 seconds, you know, the 59 yard field goal in a tornado wins. It's like what is going on here? Um, Yeah, but. To your point to your initial question, I don't understand it either, Ryan. Why, why, why are you talking bad on Josh? You know? He didn't do anything to you. He only put up almost, you know, he put up a 400-something yards of offense. Leave the guy alone. Hey, he's unbelievable. He's just unbelievable. And uh, so how did we get here? We're 6-6. Six and six. I mean, if the Bills would have just figured out one of these games, like they don't have the 12 men on the field penalty against Denver, they don't lose to the pa- – I mean, that's the one that really sticks out, this Patriots team. It's just clearly – they're one, yeah. clearly the worst team in football. Their quarterback play is by far the worst. Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, it's so bad. And – the Bills gave up 29 points to that team. It's like, it's unbelievable. In the seven games since week four, when the Patriots got like embarrassed by the Cowboys and Mac Jones literally turned into a pumpkin, like he'd been playing pretty well. And then he turned into a pumpkin against Dallas, Nick, because he had two turnovers for a touchdown. And it just, it just broke him mentally. Then he comes out the next week, throws another pick six and the Saints beat the Patriots 34 to nothing in Foxborough. And you could just tell Mac Jones had been broken clear, clearly mentally and physically. He has started. Yeah. All seven games since that Dallas game in week four, the Patriots are one and six. They're averaging 11.6 per, points per game, and their one win was against the Bills. <laughs> they scored 29 points, which is a lot more than that average of 11.6. I still do not understand 
how the Bills lost that ball game, but there is a common denominator. You look the Bills, even as bad as poorly as they played in that game, they had a 25-22 lead over the Patriots in that game with a minute 58 remaining. And we know what happened, right? You the Bills allowed Mac Jones to go down there and score the game-winning touchdown. Uh the Bengals game, the Bills gave up 21 points in the first half. That one was just uh, we we talked about that one. I just thought Zach Taylor had a good game plan against McDermott in that one, but that one got away from you early. The Broncos game, obviously tied 15 all in the fourth quarter. You gave up a drive to the Broncos. They go ahead, but they missed the extra point. The Bills go down, score, and take the lead. Then the Broncos come back down, end up with the field goal. Too many men, all of that. And now this Eagles game, right? You're up 10 points at halftime, and the defense allows 30 points in the second half and overtime combined. Another game where... Even when the Bills got down in the second half, Josh Allen and the Bills rallied and scored a go-ahead you know, touchdown in the closing kind of minutes of regulation, and the Bills could not figure it out. The common denominator is that the Bills' offense seems to go down and score, Nick, no matter how poorly the, the team is playing, and it's usually the defense on the field last that screws it up. So if you want to blame anyone, and you know me, this has been kind of a motif of the show this year. <laughs> I've been ripping Sean McDermott for a while, but... It's his, it's his unit. It's his unit, right? It's his unit that's yeah. giving up these games or some type of mismanagement on the clock or something. It's something with McDermott or his defense. And I, and I get the injuries, and that's a fair point that you said you called it paper mache. That's, that's a fair point. But injuries are like every team has injuries. You lost to a Patriots team this year that, was out, was, that they were without their top corner, Christian Gonzalez, and their best pass rusher, Matthew Judon. So they had injuries on defense. Every team has injuries. So you can't, I mean, I know the Bills have had, they've taken it to a new extreme, but still, I mean, if you're going to blame anyone, you got to blame McDermott. It's on him. It's not, I mean, Josh, if anyone blaming Josh Allen for the Bills being six and six are, are definitely missing it. It's if you're, if I'm blaming anyone, it's McDermott. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. doesn't make for great radio right now um, in terms of, you know, that national narrative of needing to, needing to make something to talk about. But um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's definitely got to fall on him because even though the, the defense is being held together by nothing. Um, I still think the one, the one thing that specifically that they're coming out for coming out at McDermott for in terms of, you know, fans in Buffalo and whatnot is um, I guess the best word is just the conservative play calling the, the pre prevent defense late, yep. the, you know, not going for the jugular at certain times. And then, you know, at the same time, then you, then you do have, uh, what was it a couple of weeks ago? Um, they they send the all out blitz and then Taron Johnson takes the pass interference penalty late. It's like, yep, Broncos yeah, game. It, see, Broncos, yeah, Broncos. Um, it, it is. It just seems like you know the the I guess foundation. There's starting to be cracks in the culture, if you will, in Buffalo. I I mean, it just is running that way uh, or leading that way. Just you know, Sean McDermott just uh, yeah, and then he need you know. Um, kneeling at the end of the with 20 seconds left and you have a timeout you have josh allen you're kneeling the ball um you know i don't know i don't know it's uh it's quite the quite the world we're living in right now with uh with sean mcdermott you never you never know what could happen but um yeah yeah it is it is it just seems like yeah it just seems like it's coming down around him because one week one week he's he's why are you calling an all-out blitz there and and then the next it's well why are you playing prevent defense and it's like uh-oh when all of a sudden you can't do nothing right that's when you know if something's something might be in the works or something could be coming uh you know in terms of 
someone having their job and not to mention you fired every single one of your coordinators at one point or another. And now it's like, who, who, what's he going to go down to like the running backs? Coach <laughs> There's only one left. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. So yeah. Good luck, Sean McDermott. You're uh yeah, he's, he's kind of, you know, in his last, I don't want to say last legs here, but it looks like it's getting kind of close to that. And I still, I think I said in our last podcast that I think it would be surprising if he was fired this off season still, cause he's got, I just feel like a lot of money in the bank, but I do think that maybe if he's back around next year, he's, you know, maybe one of the top head coaches or top coaches in the league with, you know, on the hot seat uh, going into next year. But we shall see. We shall see. They fired Ken Dorsey. The talking points tend to center around Josh Allen and his turnovers. But time and time again, in all these close games, the Bills are losing. It feels like the offense goes down, scores, gives you a lead. And whether it's Dorsey or Joe Brady calling the plays, it's McDermott's group that's out there and can't finish it. And if you could just have one of those games under your belt, Nick, right? If you could just get the Patriots game back or just not have that penalty against the Broncos, you're seven and five heading into the bye week and you're actually in control of your own destiny for a playoff berth, especially if it was the Broncos win, right? Like you're seven and five and you can at least you're, you got a gauntlet and it's unlikely you're going to win out, but still you're in control of your own destiny instead of being six and six. And now right now in 10th in the standings. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't want to pile on McDermott too much, but I put it more on him than I do Allen for sure. Or Ken Dorsey. Uh, but you, you brought it up. You brought up the the play at the end of regulation where the bills kneeled on the football. And I even take it back to the kick. Right. We, and we said it mm-hmm. like a hell of a kick by Jake Elliott. I mean, and you got Sean McDermott there on the sideline, clapping his hands, imploring his guys to stay with it, stay with it after that field goal went in. That was a deflating moment for the Bills, obviously, when that kick went through, because you just they just got to be thinking like we can't we can't freaking buy one here. But I think McDermott kind of added to that deflating moment when he called for Allen to kneel on the ball with 20 seconds left. I mean, you're on the 25. The Bills have one of their timeouts remaining, and. I want to go back to the field goals because McDermott called a timeout. He had two timeouts when Elliott was lining up to make that kick, Nick. He used one of them to ice the kicker, right? This is something old school coaches love to do. They they will ice a kicker no matter what. You know what I mean? No matter what. The, we got to ice that kicker. Make oh, yeah. him think about it. But I don't think you ice a kicker when it's a 59-yard attempt in bad weather. You know what I mean? You ice the kicker when he's got an easy one that he can do in his sleep. You ice the kicker when he's kicking one from 45 yards in perfect conditions when he needs to sit there for an extra beat and think about all his mechanics. And maybe he gets one little thing slightly off and the ball flutters away from the upright or something. You know what I mean? Like you ice the kicker on a routine kick on an unroutine kick. Let him trot out there and just kick it. But instead, you you quote unquote ice the kicker and you give Elliot and his special teams unit more time to kind of walk around, take a breath, check out the turf, get a feel for the conditions and like how we might want to execute the kick, how we might want to launch it. You know what I mean? Like there's all that that plays into it. I think McDermott screwed up giving them more time. Never mind not keeping a timeout for Josh Allen on the other end when you have 20 seconds to go get 35 or 40 yards with two timeouts to get a field goal on the other end. Like that would be a, a smart way to approach it. I mean, I think back to that 2001 playoff game between the Patriots and Raiders in the snow where Adam Vinatieri famously made the 45-yard kick in the blizzard and John Gruden had called a timeout, Nick, and Adam Vinatieri after the game was thanking John Gruden to the media saying, I'm really glad he called that timeout. It gave us more time to prepare for that kick. That was a really hard kick. You know what I mean? Like they were kicking snow out of the way and like figuring out where he's going to set his plant foot and like it's not the same weather in Philadelphia on Sunday, but it still was not perfect conditions. And that was a kick that Jake Elliott probably benefited from the extra time. 
And oh, by the way, are you kneeling on the ball with 20 seconds and two timeouts? Because McDermott yeah, could have just saved I, that one. So th- I, I, I definitely second guess that. And he kind of incriminated himself too, because he said after the game that that was part of the reason why he he didn't go for it with 20 seconds left because and why he kneeled on the ball because he only had one timeout. So he's like, well, what can we do with one timeout? Well, with two timeouts, you can you know get a 15, 20 yard completion and still have another timeout for another 15, 20 yard completion. And then you're kind of talking, well, you know, we get a couple more yards there on one of those two. Uh, you know, you just saw a 59 yeah. yard kick go through and the hell knows what could happen after that. Um, yeah, you have to ice the kicker, right? You just, uh, you just have, he just doesn't even think about that. He's like, oh, well, well, you have to ice the kicker guys. Like this, this is something we do. They find ways. <laughs> they, <laughs> they find ways. They and find ways, you know, and it's ways. always this, you could always nitpick and find like where they screwed it up and it's easier from our seat, obviously, but still, this is why I like this seat better. Uh, but you know, and then again, another second guess, Nick, is you're you're playing for overtime where the Bills literally never win. <laughs> They're cursed in overtime. Josh Allen, you think Josh Allen wanted to go play overtime? I bet Josh Allen wanted the ball in that moment. Yeah, I mean, hey, he he got it too. And I mean, there you go. Just you know, they find a way to lose. Um, and I guess this isn't, um, you know, I guess this one isn't really on Sean McDermott. But I mean, and you kind of think too, you know, if if there just so many things have happened to this team where if this doesn't happen, does Ken Dorsey get fired? If, if Gabe Davis runs the right route, <laughs> are we pissed at Sean McDermott right now? I mean, the answers that we all know are no, no, yeah, it's, no. it's changed the narrative. It's, it's incredible. It is incredible. What a 500 football team does to people, to be yeah. honest. It's the butterfly effect, man. It, it definitely yeah. is. And it's, uh, it's, it's why, uh, it's why the NFL is the most interesting product out there. Uh, and the bills are Gonna be a fun team to cover here going forward. They're they're not out of it. They're too good to be out of it. Their schedule is ridiculous. We'll take a look ahead a little bit on where the team's at in the bye. Maybe look ahead to the Chiefs game a little bit. But first, week 13 fantasy advice from the huddle.com. Corey Bonini of the huddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number 13. Quarterback Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos at Houston Texans. Wilson ran a season high 11 times in week 12, and he gets to take on a Texans defense that is allowing 20.8 fantasy points per game over the last four weeks. A quarterback has gone for at least 25 fantasy points in three straight against this defense, and six of the last seven contests have resulted in 21 or more fantasy points for the position. With six teams on by, Wilson should be a fine play. Running back Ezekiel Elliott, New England Patriots versus Los Angeles Chargers. This one is short and sweet. Zeke is a reasonable flyer for a cheap touchdown against a feeble run defense in a week in which a half dozen franchises are on by. In the last five weeks, only four teams have given up a touchdown at a higher rate than the Chargers. Wide receiver Jahan Dotson versus the Miami Dolphins. Commanders receiver Terry McLaurin has posted one fantasy-relevant day in the last five weeks and we've seen Dotson rise in that time. The second-year receiver has a goose egg in that stretch, which cannot be overlooked, but he went for at least 10 PPR points in the other four outings, scoring three touchdowns along the way. The Dolphins have given up generally neutral numbers to the position in that same time frame, but we're looking at the seventh-weakest defense at limiting wide receiver scores in relation to receptions, which was the 11th most allowed since Week 7. Plus, there's a strong likelihood Washington will be forced to heave the ball all day long to keep pace. Tight end Dalton Schultz, Houston Texans versus Denver Broncos. Schultz has scored twice in the last five weeks, and his returns have been erratic, posting anything from 1.2 fantasy points all the way up to 29 in PPR scoring. The veteran's worst day with a target in 2023 came in week 12. Denver has allowed tight ends to run wild in the last five weeks. This is the second best matchup in both primary fantasy scoring systems, and all of the key fantasy metrics for scoring fall inside the top 10 in that span. Expect a big day from the former Dallas Cowboy. 
For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. Uh, Nick, the Bills, they've scored 66 points now in these two games since Joe Brady took over as the offensive coordinator and the play caller. And Josh Allen said himself, wasn't there that great clip during the Jets game where he was like, I'm back, baby, or something. I feel like I'm back. He said something like that. So Allen has kind of found his swagger a little bit. Uh, What do you think has been the biggest thing Joe Brady has brought to the table to kind of get the offense rolling again? Because I was critical, as critical as anyone, for them firing Ken Dorsey because it felt a little slimy in the moment. It felt a little scapegoaty. Uh, but you can't really argue with the fact that the Bills look better on offense. They're scoring more points, and Josh Allen looks more comfortable. So what's the number one thing you're seeing from Joe Brady so far? Yeah, I think um, I don't have the exact figures or numbers uh, on me right now, but um, the amount of snaps that uh, Josh Allen is taking kind of under center as opposed to in the shotgun, I think, is is something that they're really, um, really focusing on with with Joe Brady, because that because that leading that into play action passing is just something that's that kind of the Bills weren't doing. I know under um, under. Ken Dorsey, sorry, his name, uh, his name escaped me there for a second. So that's one thing. And I think, you know, the, the other thing, which I know you want to get into Ryan. So I'll kind of segue it into you is of him. Of course, I think there has to be there. They are saying that there, there isn't an emphasis on him running more, but I mean, there has to be right. Um, it just seems that way. It, it, he says he's just taking it, uh, taking it as it comes, taking it in stride, but it just does seem like, you know, um, it seems like Allen is, is is running more, more freely, and which is which is fine. Again, I don't understand why anyone would ever want to just create him into you know if he's in his mid thirties and still running it. That's fine. The dude's still got a slide though. He still isn't doing that. I don't know why it's so hard for him to just slide. <laughs> not but, in his DNA. Um, yeah, it's not in his DNA. Like, dude, just get past the sticks and, and go down. Like, leave it at that. Freaking Jalen Hurts just beat you, and everyone's calling him the MVP, and he slides. So just like, dude, slide. Anyways. So, Ryan, yes, uh, Josh Allen running of two, of course, is one of them. Yeah, I, I just think a little bit more balance, too, between the run and pass. But Allen is supplementing more as a rusher. And it's just the numbers are what they are. I mean, the Eagles game was a little bit of an outlier. But in the two games, Joe Brady has been calling the plays and the Jets game was a blowout. So maybe not as many opportunities to run or, or maybe not as needed. Right. But 14 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns in the two games. And for me, it's like. The Josh Allen rushing component is an interesting point to make because we all know that Allen dominates in that portion of the game, Nick. He's just a unicorn with the way he can run and run with power and run with physicality. It's just he's there's there's no one like Allen when he runs the ball. Uh, he just really puts the defense in a tough spot because uh, it's hard to bring him down. Never mind his speed and his everything, you know. But we all know Dorsey was trying to scale that back and trying to keep. Allen healthy for the playoffs. That was part of what Dorsey was trying to do. And part of the reasons why I think Allen's rushing attempts have been scaled back this year. But it's like, I don't think that's something Dorsey just cooked up on his own. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Dorsey just decided that and said, you know what? I want to cut. I want to try to keep Josh healthy for the playoffs. So I'm going to, I'm going to make sure he's not running as much. Like that feels like an organization wide directive kind of thing. So like, Mm. I feel like the bills task Dorsey with drawing up game plans to help protect Allen from having to shoulder the burden of the run game as well. And, and and all with the, the, you know, the idea of him being as healthy as possible for when you get to the playoffs and it matters most, but then they switch coordinators mid season and Allen has 14 carries, 96 yards and two touchdowns and two games rushing. Right. It's like, 
I mean, you know, I'm just picturing Ken Dorsey slamming his tablet, throwing his coffee cup across his home office, watching these games. It's like, I could have freaking done that. You know, you have to fire me to get Allen to run more, you know? So yeah, yeah I, I find that one being funny, but it's not just Allen rushing. I think it's the use of the running backs and really in that Jets game, Nick, using the running backs as in as like an extension of the run game using the like Ty Johnson. Like I barely knew he was on the roster. <laughs> He's out there torching the Jets in the past game. You're using uh, Dalton Kincaid. You're attacking the Jets linebackers and not throwing balls up to their elite corners. I thought the game plan against the Jets was excellent. Uh, and I, I also think with Joe Brady, you're seeing the team, you're seeing a, like a better distribution of targets, right? Like not as much funneling to Stefan Diggs, right? We're seeing more Khalil Shakir. We're seeing more Dalton Kincaid, obviously, these last few weeks. Gabe Davis actually played a football game this past week, right? <laughs> like we, he made an appearance. It was good to see Gabe out there. Uh, oh man, he was an MVP two weeks ago. Come on, your wide receivers don't need to catch the ball. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little bit more rhythm, a little more decisiveness from Allen, and you know, to your point, like under center more, directing traffic a little bit more at the line of scrimmage, right? Pre-snap motion stuff, blitz pickup. I, I don't know. Like it seems like a little bit more in control. Josh Allen, he, he feels like he's. More in control, more in rhythm, more decisive with what he's doing. So I guess all of that is a nod to to Joe Brady, right? Yeah, I think it's un- undoubtedly true. Um, all the points the Bills are putting up over the last two weeks, um, and I think again that kind of falls over to um, you know our initial topic of why are we yelling at Josh Allen and why aren't we yelling at someone else giving up all these points? Um, Cause the bills are putting them up on offense. And uh, I like the point you made a few minutes ago too, Ryan, where it seems like it's a little bit more balanced. It does seem to be some more balance just outside of, outside of Allen running. Um, you're getting some, some decent amount of carries from James Cook and, and Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray actually had more snaps than, than James Cook last week, which is interesting. They said he was not benched after that dropped pass, which again, here we go. Mm-hmm. We're finding another loop, loopy way that the Bills are uh, losing games or doing something random, and there's another one right there. Yep. But, um, yeah, the doghouse, the Sean yeah. McDermott doghouse is real. Yeah, well, yeah, for running backs, for sure. Um, he used to do that with Devin Singletary, too. He'd bench him after a fumble, but like, <laughs> yep. you know, Josh Allen throws his sixth interception of the game, and it's like, no, you go back out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely kudos to Joe Brady. I, I thought that, you know, I was definitely, I'm fine with admitting when I uh, maybe was wrong or maybe wasn't, uh, you know, I never really said that he can't do it or anything like that, but uh, I definitely was a little not sold on the change because it just seemed like there was a lot of problems that were going on with the, uh, with the offense and can one guy fix them and well, you know, maybe it's not going perfect, uh, but it is going well still, it is going pretty good. So yeah, Joe Brady, Seems to be uh, a good change, and um, yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see too. Maybe I, here, I don't want to put the bad omen out there, but you know, teams are going to start getting film on his offense now. They got two games worth of film, so you know, now they kind of know it's going to be coming at him a little bit more when uh, when our old friends KC will not come to town. It seems like the Bills never play Kansas City and Buffalo for some reason, but the Bills travel to Kansas City in two weeks for their next game, and Andy Reid's going to have some film on Joe Brady's offense now, so. Buckle up. Should be fun. Good thing it's not a must win. It is <laughs> yeah. <a> must win. <laughs> it should be fun. Yeah. And it's a, it's a couple of weeks away. It's it's hard to like get too far into this game. But you know, just some general thoughts of the Chiefs, Nick. I mean, they haven't been like the quote unquote Chiefs this year. I, I think the skill position guys around Mahomes is they might be as bad as he's had in his career. I mean, Kadarius Tony and, and you know, Rasheed Rice kid is like his best players. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's 
they're struggling. They're struggling at the skill positions, and Mahomes is still Mahomes, and it's still Arrowhead. It's not going to be an easy win, but the Bills have gone in that building before, and uh, they're going to be a desperate team going in there. And I don't know. I just feel like this is one that is gettable, right? Tough, but gettable for the Bills. But in terms of like just looking at the line, I think the Bills, they're, they're looking like a two and a half or three point underdog in this game right now on most major platforms looking ahead. And my general rule is usually I bet Mahomes whenever I'm getting him at less than a field goal because he's just he's just the best in the league. You know, Mahomes is just the best. So if I get a line of like Chiefs minus two and a half or less, I would usually just bet the Chiefs. That's just usually how I roll. But if I can at three points or higher with Josh Allen and the way he's playing the last two weeks, like I tend to want to take those points. I was burned last week using that logic, right? I mean, um, I did bet the Bills last week and it took that one on the chin, unfortunately, but I like to take Allen with three or more points. The Bills, they still have not lost a game by more than six all season, if you can believe that. They got six losses, but they've never lost by seven. It's crazy. Um, You almost never see them get handled. They're always in it in the end. So if the line holds at three or moves to three and a half or something next week, I would definitely lean Bills. They're desperate. They need this one. You know, got Dallas on deck after that. So they got to go get this win. This is a beatable Chiefs team. This is not a juggernaut. So... I think early on right now, my early lean is, is Bills uh, coming out of the Bible. What do you think? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I I got beat by this bet the other day um, by the Eagles. Um, I bet on KC. KC was coming out of there because they just played KC, I think, a couple weeks ago. And they were coming out of their bye. And Andy Reid was is, is just notoriously good coming off the bye week. But the Chiefs didn't win, which is weird. <laughs> um but the Bills are also pretty good coming out of their bye. I actually don't think they've lost coming out of their bye um, under Sean McDermott. So, uh, yeah, or they're very good. Um, yeah, that's a good stat. Out of their bye. Yeah, I'm going to look it up now, of course, as I'm rambling here. Uh, Sean McDermott has never lost coming out of his bye. The bye week, the Bills are going to win against the Chiefs. Boom. <laughs> I love it. Bills have never come. Yeah, never lost under McDermott out of the bye. I love it. So, so that's, a, that's a great stat. That's a great trend. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good one. I, I like the Bills right now, but I. Reserve the right to change my mind next week, Nick. But you know, speaking of that, you got a bye week on your hands, man. You get to take a little break here. What's on the agenda for you? What is on the agenda for me? Um, yeah, you know, uh, I'm I'm still rec- recovering from some other work with within our company that we do gift guides mainly. So we're uh, you know, <laughs> the I'm done with bane of your, shopping, the, not, the bane of your existence. But, yeah, yeah, the bane of my existence now, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's gonna just be kickback, relaxing, and probably losing a few bets. So uh, we did pretty decent last week, actually, um, on the uh, on the fan duel or whatever company sponsors us. I definitely gamble with you. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the sole the sole platform you use, of course. Yes, correct. Um, and uh, yeah, Dalton Kincaid did me no favor, so he's dead to me. Just kidding, Dalton, if you're listening. Uh, but I'm going to need you next week, buddy. Of course he's uh, listening. He had 38 yards, I think, at halftime, and I needed him to have 40, and he did not have a single yard. I needed him to basically have one catch. How the hell did that How the hell did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Even even I, I'll usually, I don't usually bet on the outcome of the Bills, bet on, like, you know, same-game parlay garbage. And even Jalen Hurts, I had him at one point for, like, 200 yards. Bare minimum, I was like, it's it's raining out. It's gonna, he's going to run the ball a lot. Um, him and Allen, easy, easy bet there. I uh, just parlayed them into some rushing yards that worked out well. 
then yeah, I had I had Jalen Hurts at 200 yards, and he had like 100 something going into the third quarter, uh, going into the fourth quarter, and then he ended up with 200 on the dot. Even he got me there, but Dalton couldn't get me there. I needed two yards. Throw him the ball once, Josh. Come on, Just hit him with the ball. Play for Nick. But uh, yeah, no, we'll probably sit back and uh, you know I'll have some other football stuff to do, but we won't intently have to worry about am I blaming Josh Allen or Sean McDermott or who am I blaming this week? So I'll just get to uh, you know get to help out my other NFL wire folks and uh, you know lose some money. Yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice coming on here and not having to blame anyone next week. That's uh, that'll be something. Uh, that'll be a nice change of pace for us. <laughs> you know, it's usually like who are we blaming for this one. Usually it's me yeah. blaming Sean McDermott, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'll probably be looking at my account on my betting app saying the same thing. Saying, <laughs> yeah. I know. Who blaming for this one? I know who to blame on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly you, not myself. Be the Certainly one and not only, myself. The one and only Nick Woten. Check him out on Bill's yeah. Wire. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, it's always good stuff on there from Nick and the crew. Uh, and for Nick, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us on the pod. As always, we appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. Again, rate, review, and subscribe if you could. And uh, we'll catch you next week to talk Bill's Chiefs. Looking forward to it. Catch you then.